The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Welcome back to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You are tuned into this April 2nd, 2015 edition of Real People of Orange County. We're right here with you every Thursday afternoon at 4 o'clock. And as always, we're broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine. We're streaming on the web at KUCI.org, and we are available via podcast, both on KUCI's website as well as KimberlyMartin.com. I'm your guest host, Marie Stone. Kimberly Martin is out this week. This show is an informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. The guests on this show are all people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity. And today is another No Exception Day. Last week and this, we've been bringing you a two-part series on art in Orange County. Last week, we dove into the world of graphic arts, infographics, cartooning, graphic novels, web design. If you missed that podcast, it is up on KUCI's website now. This week, we're tackling the fine arts, art museums, art installations, and through it all, we're talking about what art means, its history in Orange County, how you use it, how you enjoy it, how you support it here in Orange County, specific things that we can all do to keep Orange County on the cutting edge of the art world. Talk about all of it. I have four guests in studio today. Heather Katz and Troy Thompson are here from TKO Art in Costa Mesa. Jenny Bacardo Duby, I want to be able to say your name correctly. Help me out. Dubay. Thank you. <laughs> Jenny Bacardo Dubay and Martina Scupin are here from the Laguna Art Museum. Heather Katz is the co-founder of TKO Art. It's a specialist in art advisory and acquisition services, concept development, art direction, and product management, visual branding, private commissions, collection management, and curatorial services. Her client list includes MGM Resorts International, Caesars Resorts, JW Marriott, and many of LA's top interior designers. Before she started TKO Art, Heather founded Special FX Art and Decor, a wholesale art company and artist's agency. She worked closely with corporate and hospitality industry executives to develop retail art programs and enjoyed a successful matchmaking role as she introduced clients to emerging and established art- artists from around the world. She holds a BA in English, and um, she is uh, with an emphasis in broadcast journalism. I hear she used to be a DJ. On this very radio station. I was. Which is awesome. It was. So great. Troy Thompson is the owner and senior creative director with uh, TKO Art. Prior to, I have a little nut in my throat. Prior to joining Heather in forming TKO Art, lifelong entrepreneur Troy founded and ran Thompson Art Group, an independent consultancy specializing in art procurement and framing services, working with corporate and hospitality sector clients, as well as with high-profile private collectors, architects, interior designers, space planners, and facility managers. He led efforts to identify and review art-related needs, design art spaces, procure pieces, and provide concept and design services for the framing and installation of artworks in offices, lobbies, conference rooms, and public spaces. He currently lectures at UCLA Extension, sharing tips with interior design students on how to select art, how to identify clients' artistic leanings, and how to use art as a foundation for overall interior design plan. Jenny is the brand new deputy director for advancement at uh, the Laguna Art Museum. They're incredibly lucky to have her. She's a longtime Laguna Beach resident. She holds a BA in international relations, an MBA in international business and marketing, and an MA in art history and museum studies. She was most recently the associate director of member programs at the Orange County Museum of Art, and prior to that, a development manager and management member or membership manager for the Tate in London. She was the founder and director of the Contemporary Art Gallery in Ohio. One of her first positions in the art world was in the communications manager of the Laguna Art Museum back in the late 1990s. So welcome back to Laguna. Marinta Scupin, I'm horrible with names, right? Has been the curator of education at Laguna Art Museum since July of 2012. Before joining the museum, she served as director of education in the San Diego History Center for four years. Previously, she was based in New Orleans, where she was the manager of K-12 and family programs at Louisiana State Museum, and prior to that, education program coordinator at the New Orleans Museum of Art. 
As curator of education, Marinta creates opportunities for all audiences to engage in meaningful and enjoyable ways with art. She oversees the museum's school and public programs, outreach programs, and the Laguna Art Museum Docent Corps. A native of South Africa, she studied piano at the University of Stellenbosch. Yes? Yeah, close. <laughs> okay. <Stellenbosch>. There we go. <laughs> she has a BA in fine art and a master's degree in art administration, both from the University of New Orleans, and continues to work as an artist and an art educator. Welcome, all of you. That's the most talking I'm going to do for the rest of the hour. So you're each welcome to add to that introduction in any way you choose, but let's just start by talking about how each of you became interested in the arts and whether it's a career you recommend to young people, to college-age students today, and what drew you to the arts. Anybody jump in? Well, I guess I've always been around art because I have a mother artist, and it's been a bit of a passion in my life to, to be involved with the arts in one shape or form. I love the, the smell of oil paint, so I need mm -hmm. to be around it. Uh, I think it's a great career if you want to be around art and you want to deal with artists that can sometimes be difficult, but very interesting people. And anybody that usually is in the art world, that would be my opinion, is an inter is has something interesting, interesting about them. Yeah. yeah, they've done a strange path to get there, or they've done interesting studies, or something that has brought them uh, into the milieu of the art world. And okay. quite often, it's not predictable, and that's why we have such neat people in it. So it's not it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a nine to five, it, it's not it. it it changes underneath us constantly. We happen to thrive on it. I, I love the arts. I love the people. I like that it's always changing. I like that we have to constantly be on our toes and moving with it, or it just it passes you by. So right. it's it, recommending it for students. I would say if you're passionate about it, sure. But it's it, we always make it look so darn fun, mm -hmm. and they always see the fun side of it and not the work and the uncertainty and the, the herding of cats that, that it can quite often be. Right. It can be a very difficult industry to make a living in if what your goal is is to be extraordinarily wealthy. Then you may consider um, a different career. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a very small percentage of people in the arts who are... Um, financially successful in that regard. It's those of us that are truly passionate about what we do and that you find more often involved in the arts. And, um, you know, there certainly are people who um, have found a way, a path, and they're very fortunate and they do a lot of marketing and they do a lot of um, networking. Well, and quite often, it, yeah, it isn't as much about the art at that point. It's more about drive. And, and much mm -hmm. with, with any, any type any of industry, path yeah. and indus sure. industry, it's, it's what you put into it. You really have to be driven to succeed at this. Mm -hmm. and, and there's two different sides of this. Well, there's multiple different sides. We're more on the selling to the end client. On and the commercial side. On the right, commercial absolutely. Side. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, our, our, pa our fellow panelists are more on, I would say, the educational. Institutional, educational. So, and there are some very distinct differences. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe I'm one of those people that Jenny mentioned that had a circuitous path to art. Like you mentioned, I started off in music, and I actually ended up in my current museum career through studio art. I still paint, and I hope to have more time for that soon. But um, I was always very inspired by museums, and I, I consider myself, I'm sure like everyone here agrees, so lucky to be working with beautiful objects mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. It's, it's so uplifting that I think that, that in a way makes up for yeah, a lot of frustration uh, underneath the surface also. Did you all know by the time you were 21, by the time you were in college, this was going to be your path? No. I had no idea. No clue. No, <laughs> I was I was I was in a glam band at that point. I was trying to be a rock star, which actually kind of led to me being in the arts. Yeah. Um, well, I, I grew up in a furniture store, so I was practicing for what I do without even knowing it. We were mm -hmm. setting, you know, putting together vignettes and changing things constantly, and new art or new this, new that. And when I um, when I moved to L.A., I couldn't get a job because I mm -hmm. looked like a 
rock and roller. I, I had big Texas hair and was wearing spandex, and I wouldn't have hired me. <laughs> so my, my the only job I ever had was at, at Domino's Pizza wearing a wig so I could hide my hair, and it was just hell. So I, I had to figure out some way to make a living. So I started delivering and installing artwork. Somebody said... Instead of pizza. Instead of pizza, exactly. <laughs> and I just showing up on time and doing what you said you were going to do, my business took off. And somebody said, I landed MGM, I got lucky, and I insta- moved them... Studios. MGM uh, Studios. MGM moved them studios. from one, from their main studio, the, the historic studio lot, to Santa Monica, installed, I don't know, two, 3,000 pieces of artwork, really kind of learned my trade as far as space planning, how it works, you know, square peg, round hole, how, how it would, something would lay out. And the CFO turned to me and said, I can't believe it, we've forgotten artwork for our board meeting coming up in three days, can you help us? And since I was the uh, an art installer for all these great galleries, I borrowed $30,000 with the artwork. I threw it up on the walls. And and at that point, their board was everybody from Henry Kissinger to Priscilla Presley. It was this who's who board. And they all loved it. And, they, and he turned to me at one point and said, you're our art consultant. And 25 yeah. years later, Ta-da. here you are. So I, no, I had no idea at 21. I, Jenny, you seemed like you were on a path. I mean, you've you've been in the art world for so long. It felt like you were on a path early on. Well, again, because of my family connections. But uh, I was just reflecting on what Tony was saying. And the commercial art world is very different from the the institutional art world. And they both have wonderful, exciting aspects and then tedious, very kind of administrative aspects. Uh, But they're both fascinating in in different ways. And when I was in the private aspect of things. You're dealing with people. You're trying to understand what they want and showing them artwork that you hope they'll appreciate and hang on their walls and love. And then you go into an institution and you want to bring in audiences of all ages, which Marinta, my colleague here, can speak to, uh, to educate them and, again, to hope to increase their love of art in their lives. So, yeah, I went from private to public and delighted I've had a great time so I I do recommend it if you have a passion for art and you don't care about being rich (laughs) (laughs) you are tuned in to Real People of Orange County on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine we are talking art we're talking fine art this week my guests Heather Katz and Troy Thompson from TKO Art and Jenny Bacardo Dubé I'm saying it right yes and Marinta Scupin from the Laguna Art Museum are all here helping me out. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of art in Orange County and how Orange County is different maybe from the L.A. market or from the New York market, mm-hmm. let's, you know, for art sort of virgins like me who kind of know not much, I, I hear a lot people walking into art galleries and saying, and I went to an, an art auction actually not so long ago with our, our mutual friend, and it's baffling what commands so much money and what doesn't. And I think that's a common question amongst, you know, people that don't consume art often is why is that thing that's all black worth millions of dollars? And, you know, why are the soup cans worth this? And why is that really beautiful painting over here not worth as much? Can you just talk a little bit about sort of art valuation? <laughs> well, we have the auction houses obviously that we all know about the big auction houses the Sotheby's and the Christie's of the world that kind of set the pace for everyone else and more lately we've had uh, I think in the in the art world collectors coming from Russia from Asia that have been uh, that have come with a lot of money a lot of cash and are able to pay these extravagant prices for that last Monet or Manet that's on the market or you know, whatever the, the contemporary art piece might be, a Kunz or... And that sets certain standards, which sometimes can be a bit of a bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the artist, even the artist himself, if it's a contemporary artist, can be a bit surprised at what is happening. And, and it really comes down to supply and demand. It's true. Um, taste is... Uh, it's so... Subjective. Subjective, exactly. Yeah. Oscar Murillo, um, a current contemporary artist who's in his uh, yeah. late 20s in New York, was a, a waiter. There was an article about him in the New York Times, a very extensive article, how all of a sudden his work went from nothing to selling an auction for a couple million dollars. Mm-hmm. And, of, of course, he gave up his waiter, waitering job, waiter job. <laughs> That's the right call. 
I know it can it can be baffling exactly um, uh, what you mentioned that a black square can be can be worth millions of dollars. The art market is complicated and there's a lot that goes into it. One is reputation of the artist, but I think eventually it's it's seen as an investment. And you know we've we've been hearing a lot about the one percent, and I think mm. they they just drive drive the art prices sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Heather, you mentioned the subjectivity of art. I didn't go. Go no, ahead. No. No. And I was going to ask if if that's if that's entirely true. I know in the writing world, there's just bad. You know, we can all agree that Fifty Shades of Grey sold millions, but it's just bad writing. <laughs> um, and is there the equivalent in the art world where art where you look at something and you say that is absolutely you know the technique is off, the coloring is off, whatever. Um, you know, objectively, it's right. really yes, not good. Absolutely, we can yeah. walk art shows and see prices for pieces, and I will be completely appalled. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. I will too. I mostly. Mm. Do. Anyway, <laughs> um, and you know, again, it's oftentimes it really is about how much did the last piece sell for, and who was it that bought that piece, and now there's prestige that follows X Y Z artist because um, someone important invested in their work, and furthermore. You know, we had a whole period of time where um, VCs were buying artwork and setting the art market for for who was going to be the hottest, newest, greatest artist, you know, and, and very pe- often coming out of New York. And people can't always tell the future, and they're especially right. coming in from a, well, we're going to make money. It's the kiss of death with artwork. There's nothing worse than buying a piece of artwork you think is going to appreciate just to watch it go down. If you don't like it, you've got a double whammy then. You're right. looking at it, something you don't like, and you've lost money. We really tell our clients, please buy it because you like it. You know, I appreciate that you want to make an investment, but the number one thing has to be that you really like the artwork. That you and connect to it somehow. so important. And when you start from there, there's many better decisions within the landscape. Right. It's like, okay, let's find stuff that you really like. And within these 10 options, these are the two you should buy, and this is why. So, right. But it's buy what you love at the end of the day. I would also posit that it is possible to somehow judge the quality of the craftsmanship of the work, although I might be going on a slippery slope, and I think a lot of people <laughs> argue with me. But, I mean, you look at a Durer etching from the 16th century, and that's eternally mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you say the same about... You know, uh, a Keenholz installation where you walk in. You know, perhaps it, it's a uh, contemporary art is is a bit esoteric and hard to mm-hmm. comprehend sometimes mm-hmm. as well. And if you understand it in its in its historical context and what the artist is trying to uh, explain through his work, then it helps the the observer, the buyer, the potential buyer. To, to put it into context and, and make perhaps so a decision. Could, right. Sometimes it could be technically Absolutely. bad on purpose. They're trying to prove a yeah. point. They have a, it's more of a philosophical you know, bent that they're good, they're going on. And, and so it's, it is hard. It, and they're at home laughing that somebody paid this much money yeah. for yeah. their... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quite possibly. <laughs> you are listening to Real People of Orange County. We're talking fine art. So let's talk a little bit about how... Um, Orange County distinguishes itself as an art market separate and apart from L.A. or New York or mm-hmm. some of these other markets. What uh, do you all find the sort of distinguishing characteristics of Orange County to be? Wow. Well, art market, I'm probably, um, I, I cannot comment much on that. So, yeah, I was just listening to all of you thinking just as well. I'm just standing there trying to connect the eight-year-olds to whatever is on our wall. <laughs> I don't have to make all of those decisions about whether we're going to invest in it or not. Um, what I can say in terms of the art scene, I, I've been here since uh, 2012, and Laguna Beach, where our museum is, I think certainly played a big role in in setting the whole visual art scene. You know, um, we trace our roots back to a group of landscape artists who mm-hmm. moved there because of the physical beauty of the landscape, and I think that plays that plays a big role in what inspires artists still today. Um, they were formed in 1918, so just coincidentally, we're gearing up to our 100-year anniversary in a few years. So great. But I'll leave the, the art market question to all of you. So the art market in Orange County is really a conundrum. Um, I, you know, I wish I could say it was the most sophisticated market in the country, but 
truly? Mm-mm. Um, I think that we have a menagerie of collectors here, and um, there's a, a portion that are um, are more sophisticated in their tastes and have knowledge and education about you know the reasons for acquiring certain pieces, and they have a desire to make collections that are important to them and will stand the test of time and be things they can pass on to their children or their corporation as a legacy. So there is certainly a portion of Orange County that is that. And definitely Orange County has the demographics to be a top collecting um, region. It absolutely does. It desperately needs education desperately and I mean and I and yes it starts with the kids and hopefully the kids get inspired and passionate about it and spread their passion to their parents and their parents take the time to go to museums and to educate themselves because were it not for people like you um, you know it, it could be a dying um, scene it really could I mean adults in this in this area really do need to get out and educate themselves and not just go to galleries because galleries are yes introducing talent but they're also marketing Mm -hmm. and certainly we're in the commercial side of things we're where the rubber hits the road we're the ones selling but um and, and we appreciate the need to sell art, but um, we obviously hold a, a genuine passion for what we do and a genuine passion for the arts. And, and, and we ourselves constantly educate ourselves, traveling and seeing shows and meeting artists and finding new mediums and new uh, methods and, and new talent. And um, I really encourage other people to go out and do the same because the more you absorb, the more, you know, the the greater the value and the greater the appreciation. I I want to chime in on the the first point. Orange County art, say, versus New York or Los Angeles, to me, I really don't notice that much of a difference because I've got collectors in the Midwest collecting collecting stuff that is very highbrow, very, you know, Mm -hmm. avant-garde. And I've got people out here collecting very traditional clipper ships. I mean, to me, it's such a personal thing. It, people here, I guess, if I had to pigeonhole them, the, it's maybe new money versus old money. You get mm-hmm. people that are, that are, I'm buying this because Jim has one, and Jim's cool. I need a Warhol for my office. Why? Because Jim has one. It's like, no, that's no reason to buy artwork. Come on. Right. So th- we do get a little bit of that, and I would say that's all of Los Angeles. That's all uh, there. There's there's it's Southern California. It's yeah. very Southern California. We, yeah. We, yeah. Kinda, we sometimes worry about that. Where I, I we quite often have clients that are worried about making a definitive statement or or a decision, and oftentimes it's just figuring out what they like and get, giving them permission to like it. And it's like, okay, well, mm. within that, here's you know, there's more options within that. Right. But just getting them to stand up and, and not buy what their neighbor has so they can be cool. That's a great point. That's a great mm-hmm. point. There's no right or wrong. There's no right or right. Just, you know, buy what you love. Right. Marinta, maybe. Oh, go ahead, Ginny. Go ahead, Jim. No, I was going to mention that back in 2011, the Getty started this wonderful initiative called uh, Pacific Standard Time, mm-hmm. PST. That's great. And that yeah. really brought a lot of research and recognition and acknowledgement to mm. California artists that hadn't really been uh, that recognized and studied. So some wonderful publications, grants for institutions all across uh, Southern California participated, did specific Mm -hmm. exhibitions around the same theme. So that helped a lot bring to light many, many artists uh, that that weren't known internationally. Uh, Say the name of that organization again. uh, Or the Getty. Okay. Did the Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Mm -hmm. Standard Time. And the second iteration of that is coming up in 2017, and it has a Latin America focus. So it's Latin, L.A., L.A., Latin America, Los Angeles. But, for for example, from 2011, uh, an artist that's in the region, Peter Alexander, whose career was perhaps slightly flat, is now booming, and he's creating some beautiful works Mm -hmm. that 
that we have exhibited in our museum and that you can also find in, in well-positioned galleries in the region. That's very neat. That's very neat. Marinta, maybe you can jump in and talk a little bit about this problem of education, mm -hmm. problem of educating Orange County residents and maybe Southern California residents in general. Is it? Do you think it's the lack of a number of concentrated museums? You know, New York has... 800 museums within a square mile or something, right? <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> Is that mm -hmm. the issue? Or, or talk a little bit about uh, how to educate. I think that's part of it, definitely. And, and Heather, I, I couldn't have stated my, my case better than you, you and Troy. Thank you so much yeah, for acknowledging the importance. Yep, I think the I think the lack of museums, you know, maybe it's the weather out here. People, people <laughs> don't spend as much time inside. That might be part of it. Um, but I think it starts young. You know, um, whenever f education funds get cut, the first thing that goes is art. So I'm always appalled, actually, to to meet high schoolers, seniors who never had one period of art in their career. So I think teachers in the school community, concerned school community, has really started to depend on art museums in a way to fill that gap. So we work very closely with um, schools from the schools who get no art to we're so fortunate in Laguna Beach where we have well-funded art departments in all our public schools very receptive art it, uh, uh, the receptive to art it's part of their DNA but the education department don't uh, doesn't only work with with kids we um, we try to reach adult adults also and when uh, Troy and Heather talked uh, a little while ago about encouraging people to buy what they love which I completely agree with I almost see that as part of our mission also to to expose people to be able to um, pinpoint what they love you know a famous mm -hmm. art historian said you see what you know and and that's so true about art if you if you educate yourself a little bit and and see it within a wider context you you start to appreciate it just more it's you know it's like the layers of, of the onion it doesn't end there's um, yeah the enjoyment uh, just increases so I see it very much across the board uh, with adults in a way creating lifelong learners then that would go to museums wherever they travel and be able to 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 use the skills that we that we give them at the museum to um, yep to look better and to teach themselves and education mm. doesn't have to be dry if right. you can go I mm -hmm. mean to me sometimes with a client that that is I'm having a hard time figuring out what they like I'll take them out and get a couple cocktails in them and take them to the museum <laughs> Tell me what you hate. Tell me what you don't like. Exactly. Relax. I mean, exactly. go and play. It's fun. It's not this prim and proper, oh, well, you have to be a certain way. And people yeah. are so worried about artwork. I'm Look. so glad you say that because that's a problem we often have. People are so intimidated, especially mm -hmm. by contemporary art, if they don't mm -hmm. understand yeah. it. So just to, that's a, that's a, a good tactic that right. our docents use is to to just relax them and basically see the oh, see the drinking. funny side that we use too believe <laughs> <me>. <laughs> <laughs> see that it's not so serious you know yeah right. uh, absolutely yeah you can mm. play with art well i'm steeped i live in laguna beach so i'm steeped in sort of their you know art walks they, they're such a high premium placed on i don't know if it's good art or bad art but but we're certainly steeped in the arts with mm -hmm. the um you know, the Sawdust Festival and the Festival of the Arts in the summertime and our art gallery walks on Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. Are there other events around Orange County that are your favorites to introduce the public to Orange County art or any art? I mean, I don't know if you're big proponents of, I don't want to plug other there's, museums while you're here, but the Bowers has a great collection. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. And there's there are art walks in other communities as well. In Santa Ana, Santora Building has one. And in... Um, um, Fullerton, Old Town. Is it Old Town Brea or is it Old Town Fullerton? I think it's Old Town Brea. Is that right? I believe so. And, um, you know, there's so there's a plethora of, of art walks happening, and there's a lot of organizations that put artwork in public spaces specifically for, um, strictly for, for exhibiting as, you know, public enjoyment. Public yeah. enjoyment. Um, there are very often are no docents to guide you through it, but at least, you know, there is art everywhere, all over Orange County. And um, I think it's just a matter of opening your eyes and being aware of it. Right. And oftentimes there's events where art and music are combined or art and dance, and yeah. that mm -hmm. way it's a more global appeal as well. Mm, this last week, recently, we had... Carl St. Clair from the Pacific Symphony in conversation with our executive director, Malcolm Warner. And mm. It was wonderful. There was a quartet 
a string quartet that played music to accompany their conversation, and it was really nice. I think this should be more of a date night type of thing. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. it, it, it doesn't have to be dry. It can be incredibly fun. It, art is everywhere. And what better place to go on a date? You know, go, go listen to some music. Go look at some artwork. If you don't like the contemporary art, bag on it. D talk about it negatively. Whatever you, I mean, whatever it does to you, it's supposed to move you. Let it move you. Well, your opinion's right. valid. Right, right. Marissa's point about the weather being good here and people being <laughs> mostly outdoors, I had not thought of that, but I think that's actually probably a, <laughs> a very <laughs> valid opinion. So let's talk a little bit about your fun projects. What's come through the museum recently that's kind of set you on fire, gotten you excited? What installations uh, Troy and Heather have worked on that have gotten them on fire? What What's new and interesting that you uh, have been excited about? So I'm glad Troy mentioned date night because that's a nice segue into... Yeah. Uh, in the education department, we we see the museum not only as a place to see the best of California art, which is our focus area, by the way, but almost also as a vibrant cultural meeting place. So we have music programs. We have a monthly um, music program called Live at the Museum. We partner with a local Laguna Beach organization called uh, Laguna Beach Live. Uh, we have a monthly film screening that's free with museum admission. We try to pick films that has a connection to California. We usually try to get the director or someone related to the film to come for a Q&A. Um, we, uh, as Jenny has said, we have a lot of uh, conversations and panels, uh, uh, pure art-related talks. Mm. So, yeah, we're open every Thursday night. Late tonight, we participate in First Thursday, as you know, that happens uh, once a month in Laguna Beach. We have docents available in the gallery. So, um, we try to try to offer programs that, that reach new audiences also that would maybe come for the music and or would maybe come for the film instead or would maybe come for the wine only. <laughs> yeah. When you're in when you work in a museum also we're very attached to our exhibitions program. And it's always a, a, a very complicated and ongoing endeavor by the curatorial and directorial staff and all of the rest of the staff kind of hinges upon those decisions that are made and our audiences are very receptive to whatever it is we do. If we do an exhibition they like, more people are going to come to the museum, obviously. So we try to make everybody happy as well as following our mission and our curatorial objectives and keeping the quality, museum quality. For example, right now we have a wonderful uh, Robert Henry exhibition. Mm -hmm. We've borrowed works from across the country. And he's a, a, one of the very well-known American artists from the early 20th century. He spent a summer in La Jolla in 1914 and did portraits of the local population, so beautiful portraits. Mm -hmm. But the complete other spectrum, in the summertime, we're going to have an exhibition by an artist, uh, internationally known artist, Marsha Hafif, who happens to have a studio in Laguna Beach mm -hmm. as well as in New York. And her work is uh, square canvases of one color, monochromatic, minimalistic, although she wouldn't like me saying that. <laughs> uh, but right. again, uh, interesting other audiences, like Marinta said, trying to appeal to everyone that all the different spectrum of art. She and wouldn't Marcia like Hafif. my opening remarks either, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Marsha Hafif graduated here from UCI, by the way. Oh, that's great. That's great. We love these UCI connections. Yeah, eight, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. On, our side, to say. on our side, we're all over the place. I mean, what <laughs> it, what excites us, um, we we designed and built a 128-foot fire-breathing dragon for the Venetian for the Year of the Dragon. Is wow. that art? I don't know. It, it like was art. pretty yeah. cool. It was That's pretty fun. amazing. It yeah. was. It was awesome. So we really follow quite often our clients. We were working mm -hmm. with Venetian because we were doing room art, and you know we do in artwork. some of their restaurants. And yeah, can you build a? And we said, sure. <laughs> Once um, you get into the Vegas art market, I'm yeah. imagining you know all bets are off, right? It's you know, just going to be crazy. It, it's a funky market. It's really different. I mean, we actually started another business specifically to address these large-scale, semi-permanent art installations. Um, and it strictly operates, I mean, it doing these things, it does operate predominantly in Las Vegas. And um, we haven't done one in that arena here 
in Southern yeah, California at all. I imagine people aren't going to spend no, that and, type of money or the yeah. time to, you know, if, if, it's a two, I think the dragon was up for two months and they gave it to a charity. And it was, right. Was, it's, it it's very unusual. Um, but doing the these types of, of art installations there, um, those seem to be, um, well, we're now, we specialize in it now, so it's um, easier to come by for us. Um, the hospitality side of the world is a very unusual thing, and whereas you might think, wow, that company did all of the art in this hotel, in all of those guest rooms, it is not the kind of money anyone thinks it is. Mm -mm. And it's the same piece in each room. Oh, and you yeah. end up having to manufacture in China. We start here and we end up in where we don't want Wherever it. it's mm -hmm. less expensive to produce because yeah. that's okay. what the budget on, on a different side, we just did um, Deckers, which was which right. owns UGG. And, and Deckers Cuba. is a shoe company. And they, yeah, they own five or six other shoe businesses. So we'll come in. And in that case, we're curating pictures of shoes for the most part. We, right. We, we ask or for their imagery. Or, yeah. yeah the backgrounds that they were using for certain shoots. It's really... And then you've got a boardroom kind of in the, the CEO's of office fun. and you need fine art for certain areas, but a lot of right. it is just facilitating the entire project and doing the right thing. Sometimes that's just mm -hmm. using their own imagery, mm -hmm. framing it well and displaying it well. Mm -hmm. that's, that's enough. Changing right. it from being advertising to being art. And quite often, to me, that's uh, it's a lot of fun. That At the end fun. of the day... The the when it when it looks amazing and everybody's thrilled that that's you know it, that's what we and we say look we, we do that to. yeah yeah I love it you're tuned in to Real People of Orange County on KUCI eighty eight point nine FM in Irvine we are talking art in Orange County my guests today are Heather Katz and Troy Thompson of TKO Art and Jenny Bacardo Duby and Marinta Scupin from the Laguna Art Museum and let's talk a little bit about. Um, uh, where you like to go for your art, some of your favorite places uh, that are drivable. You know, you can say L.A., but, but are the, that are kind of in this vicinity that uh, when you're not working and you're looking to enjoy art, some of your favorite spots or some hidden gems around Orange County that you might not know, we might not all know about. Well, I go walking on Sunday mornings through Newport Beach, and um, we start, first we have to start at, you know, the coffee place, and then walk up Avocado to the new Newport Beach Civic Center where they've got this beautiful sculpture garden. They did a really good job with it. I think it was Bob Smith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can see and bits and pieces of it, pieces of it from the road. But it's worth yeah. stopping and walking through. It, it is, is really beautiful, really enjoyable. It's it's lovely, and there's great rabbits, great rabbits. Right. Those were actually the landscape architect put those in, and then after the rabbits came um, a variety of sculpture from artists from, I believe they're all from Southern California, and their every piece is unusual and you know it, it is a talking you know spot it's they're really lovely so that's that's I like my it. inspirations anyone else favorite spots well uh, i'll put a plug into a good friend of mine peter blake gallery in laguna mm -hmm. beach yeah. wonderful gallery he's been Great established gallery. for a very long time and i've kind of followed his curatorial curatorial track from when he showed more figurative work to his now minimalistic uh, work that he exhibits so I enjoy going there regularly and then I go to the museum the Laguna Art Museum <laughs> <laughs> yes it is a great museum yeah. it's it really got a, it's a, such a great feel and not a bad location <laughs> and, and Laguna in general is a fun place to walk around and look at the art so many I great mean, art galleries yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, right. Some, some can be yeah. eclectic some can be very specific Right, but it's it's just fun. Right, the, the, fun. The, the whole city is just it's got a great feel to it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to totally offend Jenny by saying this, but I didn't even know there was an Orange County Art Museum back in Fashion Island until recently. I mean, it, it makes me oh, sad yeah. that I've lived here forever, and I feel like there are all of these hidden spots. I've heard of the Bowers, but sure. there's really a lot of of <laughs> there are many museums here that I have no idea, and I'm I, I place the blame on myself that I'm not more proactive in searching them out but yeah I mean the Orange County Museum of Art is located in a little bit of a, a hidden location mm -hmm. behind Fashion Island but they have a really nice collection and a, a good curatorial program as well with good exhibitions uh, so kind of the 
the sister museum of Laguna Art Museum. I compare them often to Tate Britain and Tate Modern. You know, Tate Britain <laughs> does the scope of British art from the 1500s to modern to today, and Tate Modern does modern and contemporary art. So that's kind of our comparison mm -hmm. with Laguna and mm -hmm. Orange County Museum of Art. Right. I like that. And I think there are a ton of artists in Orange County that people would be surprised that they were here. We sell yeah. more art from Orange County and Orange County artists elsewhere than mm -hmm. we sell it here. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. We're very client driven. Right. But so I don't know why that is. Uh, it, but it, there are. I, I've talked to many person that says, "Ooh, I didn't even know there was a museum there. I didn't realize there were so many artists here, mm -hmm. or that there was an art walk." So I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure why. But we there's a wealth of art right here, right. and we we tap into it all the time. But we take it elsewhere, right? Unfortunately. Well, it's great for the world and those. It's great, great for, for the, the artists. Yeah, I guess so. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and three artists that are represented um, in the museum that that I was just thinking about that are really internationally recognized when, and were all from uh, Orange County um, are Tony the Lab, yeah. mm. mm -hmm. Marsha Hafif, as we've just said, we have an uh, upcoming exhibition by her, and John McLaughlin, mm -hmm. internationally recognized. Right. So, so homegrown, all three of them. Yeah. yeah, that's great. What do you recommend uh, for parents with children? Uh, in terms of art education, do you recommend sort of monthly trips to different museums, or how? What's the? There's, I know there are great books on art for children. Um, I don't know if you recommend any of those, but but sort of immersing kids, letting them play with the art early on. Uh, what do you recommend, Marinta, for essential childhood education of of your kids? Yeah, I, I think all, all of the ones that you mentioned, and um, I cannot encourage parents enough to take their children to art museums. I think I think that's where you establish a habit of f feeling at home in an art museum. You know, you, you asked us to name some Orange County spots, and I was just thinking, you can send me anywhere in the world, and I will be excited because I'll find an art museum, and mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the first things that I'll do there. I'll spend a whole day in the museum, eat my meals in the museum cafe, which always has the best views and the right. um, very good food, and then I'll spend my money in the gift store, and that's I can leave the country almost after that. <laughs> so um, to to get children into a habit of feeling at home in museums and to be able to to use them for enjoyment and learning, um, I cannot encourage enough. And then all the other things, you know, um, art making from art making at home. One of our programs is a kids art studio that we offer once a month, and I've noticed that the most popular ones are the painting classes, because I, I know that painting is not so easy at home, so I, I know not, not everything is easy at home, but um, that's brilliant, everywhere. actually. Me, I don't want paint in my home. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's really just ex the experience, the ex getting them in front of artwork. Quite often, when I'm working, I have three kids, and when I've taken groups out of, of children, it's just making it a part of the day. It'll, it's because uh, quite often they're 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 not gonna well, they're not gonna want to hang out at the museum for six hours. But I start there, and like I do a little tour of downtown L.A. where I start at the Mocha, and then we go to the library, and then we ride the Bonaventure elevators up and down, and they and, somehow and, think it's and a the ride. Spinning restaurant. And then we go to the spinning restaurant, yeah. and then we drop back by the museum on the way out, and we're done. But it's it, it's then the conversation that happens after the, mm -hmm. you're at the museum, and kind of the cross culturalization, the comparative of oh, look at this texture. Doesn't that remind you of this piece? Or that looks like, look at this on the ground. That Doesn't that look right. like, you know, why isn't this art? And th that other piece that we just saw. Well, it's it's just kind of having fun with it. It's, it's demystifying it, making it the fun thing that it is. Yeah. Also, just to add to what Marinta was saying, uh, teaching kids to look. Mm -hmm. I think looking is a little bit of a lost art. We don't take mm -hmm. the time to just stand and stare. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not looking at art or, you know, but telling your kids, wait, stop, look at that tree, look at that cloud passing. Yeah. And then maybe when they'll go into the museum, they will look at the painting. And one of the docent exercises, Marinza can probably talk more to this, but is they tell the kids, okay, look at that painting. Now turn around, turn your backs to the painting. <laughs> how many animals did you see in that painting? Mm -hmm. uh, how many mm -hmm. trees? Mm -hmm. And that teaches, trains the kids to look more carefully at every corner of the canvas to, to take more time. And Unfortunately, visual. they Instagrammed it on their phone so they can <laughs> cheat and look at it. <laughs> well, you know, our culture, our, our culture is becoming so visual. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Instagram and 
Facebook and uh, I don't even know what kids use these days, but I think visual literacy is just going to become more important and art is a great way to, st to start with that. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. And now artists, I know this is happening in photography, that everybody feels like they can be a <laughs> photographer because they have we their iPhone. We talked about that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so probably the same is true with the arts, too, that everybody feels like I, too, can be. Yeah, I know there's oh. a ton of Laguna Beach artists that are Probably like <laughs> Everyone's an artist. More so on That's the ph true. photography side. It's interesting how yeah. that has changed. Oh, my gosh. I have a phone. I can take pictures. <laughs> right. That's nothing. Right. We're all writers. We're all critics. Oh, we're sure. all restaurant reviewers on Yelp. We're all yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? There's a well-known contemporary artist, uh, Penelope Curtis, that was included in a recent exhibition at Oakma, the Triennial, curated by Dan Cameron. And she does photographs of sunsets, or no, she'll go online and she'll find photographs of sunsets with people in them. But people are usually silhouetted, so you can't see them. There's no privacy issue, or she'll darken them mm -hmm. if you can't see them. And she'll create these big compositions of thousands of images of sunsets. So the museum acquires this work. What they acquire is a box of these uh, photographs that oh have been collected gosh. from online where there are millions and millions of photographs of sunsets. Of course, everybody takes pictures of sunsets. Right. And uh, the installers are able to go and install the photographs however they want. I don't remember the exact number of photographs, but there was about 12 rows of 100 photos in each row. Mm -hmm. And it creates this beautiful abstract composition of, of these images. And it makes you wonder... You know what? What does what does the image mean? What does that mean when we're taking pictures of a sunset? Right. Well, and that's becoming sort of a philosophical question that we don't have time to answer today. But but you're right. What what is life's experience if we're just documenting it on your iPhone? Are you experiencing it? Are you in the museum experiencing the art, or are you just proving to your friends on Facebook that I was in this museum and experiencing art? And <laughs> that's a whole other quagmire we can get. <laughs> museums are starting to ban self selfie sticks at least in good in, inside the museum i, I think okay. exactly because of what you said yeah. good <laughs> yeah i was wondering on um yeah you, you i mean i assume that there are aside from flash photography hurting the art but you know just i don't know it it seems wrong to walk up to disturbing to other people right. disturbing to other right. people Submission. right yeah. right i want to also get into funding uh well not funding art but but yeah, it was sort of uh, supporting the arts in Orange County. Jenny, hopefully you can speak to this, but um, how we keep the arts going, where your funding comes from, how the public can help um, if we have some philanthropic people out here, or the best way to sort of support the arts in Orange County beyond just going to the museum. The uh, Going back to what Tony and Heather were talking about earlier about the art market in Orange County, there are a lot of great collectors and supporters of the arts in this community, and it depends on their what they're passionate about. We we have a great group of supporters at our museum that that support us in every way, depending on what they feel more excited about in regards to our program, be it education and arts for the kids, or in caring and growing our collection, or simply uh, improving our facility so that we can do uh, more exciting exhibitions with works of art loaned from more important institutions across the country. So, I mean, it's, it's reaching out to people and telling them our story and getting them passionate about, about our mission and our vision for the future of the visual arts in this part of the, of the community. And, and that's just some people respond to that wonderfully, and it's mm -hmm. exciting to, to be part of that engagement with people. To bring in new audiences, I work very closely with Marinta and other colleagues at the museum to create programming for, for more specific groups, such as, you know, we all try to get young people, the people in their 20s, uh, going, just graduating from college, to get them to come into the museums, to get involved early on. So developing programming for that audience is completely different than for people in their 50s and 60s. And that's a, a question that we're always trying to figure out being that I'm no longer in my 20s. Mm -hmm. uh, so bringing in, you know, the, the daughters and sons of, of our supporters and asking them what do they want to do. Do we get a really cool DJ? Do we, you know, have a different kind of exhibition? Is it more interactive? And again, just getting people engaged with art uh, any way possible. Mm -hmm. I wonder if with the No Child Left Behind program, 
and arts being cut in a lot of public schools. If you feel the runoff of that in the museums where people kind of, you know, who are missing that kind of offload their art education into the museums, that's what they should be doing if we have to <laughs> suffer under the mm. No Child Left Behind program. But I don't know if that, if you've felt the impact of that decision in the art world. Yep, yep. Um, because it was so, you know, the, the subjects that were tested were math and language art, so that was sometimes all the all that the teachers could concentrate on. I would say something interesting probably happened uh, almost inversely, and that is that we've been working more closely with teachers in subjects other than art mm. to start with art to teach something else. You know, you can start with a painting mm -hmm. and teach social studies, um, public speaking, mm -hmm. history, biology, depending on the subject. So um, in order to uh, incentivize teachers to still be able to come on field trips, we've been working with a much wider ver variety of subject area we areas, which I think is wonderful. That's great. That's great. Where do the hour go is always the question. <laughs> it goes so fast. So we're drawing down on our time, but I want to give each of you a chance to any concluding remarks, things that we should have said that we didn't, and where to find you online. Heather, we could start with you, where we find you, and um, yeah, anything that, that we missed out on. <laughs> well, we could talk for several more hours at least, but, you know, so I won't even go there. Um, our website is tkoart.com. Um, and there's lots of information about all of the different projects that we've done. And um, we have our blog on there. So you can always click on it and see what we're up to photos or video of some of our zany uh, installations. You have to mention and that you were voted by Orange County oh, we Register and the OC Metro, right? Right, right. Yeah, we were, they told us we were hot. We're part yes. of the Hot 25. The hot 25. Right. So we felt very special. Right. Um, and then most recently, the, what um, was the other one? The um, Orange County Business um, Journal. Business Journal. Yeah. Um, we were among the nominees for the Entre Outstanding Ar Entrepreneurs so of Orange County. So that was kind of cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I guess I would say that I would emphasize how important the arts are. The more money we pull out of the arts, the more it's going to affect us adversely. And I don't mm -hmm. see how it's not more obvious that the creative thinking and the creative process and turning kids on to art, maybe we're only reaching 10% or that are going to go into the arts or even 5%. But that 5 or 10%, they're writing the books we read. They're writing the movies we watch. They're coming up with creative solutions for tactical things. They're mm -hmm. coming the thought process that goes in and through the arts because it's lost on a lot of people. They say, "Oh, the arts, whatever. It's we all need more PE. Integral. We need more all of it. You know, uh, we need everything." Mm -hmm. But the arts transcend so much and they mm -hmm. mean so much more than just the awkward experience that some people have in the museum because they feel less than because they don't understand the piece of art what they're looking at. It doesn't matter. It's not there to truly be understood. Understand it for yourself. I mean, if you want to talk about it deeper, if you want to learn more about it, great. If you don't, fine. That's great. It, it, it just be at ease with it and, and, right. and, and love and, and buy artwork. Like, <laughs> like it. Yeah, exactly, Troy. I want to echo what you say. And, and good art functions on so many levels. Mm -hmm. As you said, PhD thesis, uh, a th PhD thesis can be written about the same work that someone just buys because they love it at first sight. Um, I'll just give a plug to all our public programs. We truly try to schedule something for everybody. We're open every Thursday night late until 9 o'clock, and there's something different every Thursday night. Tonight it's, uh, we participate in First Thursday Art Walk. Next Thursday it will be a live music concert. The third Thursday is always a film, and the fourth Thursday is always a lecture. So, And mm. uh, various family programs throughout the, the month and the year. That's great. Not a thing. <laughs> Shall we mention our website? Please do. www.lagunaartmuseum.org That's wonderful. All of you, thank you so much thank for taking you. the time. Yeah. That was great. That's all the time we have for today. Kimberly Martin will be right back here with you next Thursday evening. If you missed any part of today's show, it will be podcast shortly on KUCI's website, kuci.org slash talk. It will be on Kimberly's website, kimberlymartin.com. Stay tuned. Coming up next is Counterspin. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Have a great night.